This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Like the kōkako, the saddleback, or tieke, belongs to the New Zealand wattlebird family. A family to which the huia belonged and which has been established in this country since ancient times, much longer than most of our other birds. The saddleback takes its name from the bright reddish saddle on its back, which according to legend is the mark of Maui's hand. Sadly, this attractive bird has disappeared from the main islands and exists only on a few offshore islands, carefully chosen locations for resettlement away from predators, which appears to have saved the tieke from total extinction. Community or chaos, we can construct and nurture community or fall into chaos. Over the next hour, Marvin Hubbard hosts conversations toward creating a fairer, more equal society. Community or chaos, made possible by support from the Peace and Disarmament Education Trust. Hey friends, we're, we're back to uh, community or chaos, hopefully mostly community. We're zo- using Zoom because of COVID-19 at the present time. And we're talking with Art Brusa, who won the Queen Service Medal this year for services to music. He's had a 53-year music career and he has been a teacher and a conductor of Dedean's Saturday music classes, has been a teach, uh, taught music at Bayfield High School, and has done many other things to actually <coughs> bring music to the people of Dedean and encourage people, particularly young people, to take up music as both a uh, a possible career, but even more as a life-affirming interest and ability. How are you, Art? Good, thanks. Well, how did you feel when you found out you'd received the Queen Service Medal on the honors list? Well, the honors unit sort of gets in contact with you about two months before it's announced. And so they ask you whether you'll accept it. Uh, the honour, and um, I, I thought, would there be any reason why I couldn't accept it? And I couldn't think of anything, and I was feeling quite humble at that stage to see, see that it was going. So I said, um, sent back to the honours unit that I could would like like to accept it, and but they said you had to keep it confidential till the announcement. So that's two months when you're sitting on it, you can't talk to anybody about it. So it was a bit bit um, concerning. But once, um, I, and a month later, I, I got a letter from the Governor General to say that uh, she congratulate me on the honour. And a week later, it was uh, the Prime Minister. And so it started to sort of sink in. But really, um, very humbling and um, sort of overwhelming with all the comments that people sent uh, and congratulations that people sent me on the actual day of the honours being presented. So, yeah, it was quite a... Any idea? you have any idea about the people who initiated the proposal and put you on the list and did some of the homework? Yes, yes. It was um, Jenny Green, uh, who, who's a recorder player in the um, Saturday morning recorder consort, 
had been working hard at it and she she managed to uh, get 17 people to write in um, con uh, uh, um, notes about why I should get it. So it was um, very humbling in that respect too. She's quite an amazing person in her own right, isn't she? Yes, she, I think she got one uh, um, earlier on uh, for um, uh, services to the community uh, and particularly uh, for polio victims. What led you to become interested in music as a career? And was there music in your family and home life? It was, um, I, while I was in Christchurch, I went to, to high school and um, um, there I, I learned cello right through the high school and towards the end I was at, at sort of level where I was in the number one orchestra of the Christchurch School of Instrumental Music. And um, then in my first year at university, I was um, doing a science degree, uh, starting an agricultural science degree at Canterbury rather than going to Lincoln College because I was in the Royal Christchurch Musical Society choir singing bass with my father. And they were going to go to Adelaide that year for the first Adelaide Festival of the Arts. And so because of that, I, I chose to do um, the um, Canterbury University um, uh, uh, Science Intermediate course. And, um, but then I changed my mind during the year, decided that I wanted to go teaching rather than become an agronomist like my father was. And teaching was my mother's side. And um, I applied for as um, as a studentship during the year, uh, teaching studentship, and, and that um, gave uh, they approved that as long as I got my two of my three units uh, in in science, and I've become a science teacher. But um, at the end of the year, I only passed one of my three units. And so over the holidays, had serious talks with lots of people about what I should do. And in the end, it was decided that it would be quite reasonable for me to become a, a music teacher rather than a science teacher. And so I converted uh, my chemistry one to be part of my uh, music degree. And my following year, I was part-time at university and part-time working. In, and um, got enough units to um, take up my scholarship in, in my third year at university. And um, so since then, I've been working away at um, my music degree with the idea that I've become a high school music teacher. Did you ever look back at that? And... Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, in the end, you do what you enjoy doing. And really pleased about that. Now, you've always shown a real commitment to the community uh, quite early on. Can you tell us a bit about your things in your family that might have encouraged that? Were you was you were you born in New Zealand, and did you and what caused your family to immigrate to New Zealand? No, no, I was born in Holland, and and as a ten year old. Uh, my family um, came to New Zealand um, 
and it was partly because um, during during the war, my parents were at a Quaker um, international school where my father was um, f director of the farm school side of it, and um, where they were um, trying to train German Jewish boys so they get a certificate so that they could immigrate to the states. And after the war, that job wasn't necessary anymore. So he became, uh, my father became a social worker in, in the, the reclamation of the Northeast Polder in Holland. And um, there he was working amongst um, Polish um, people who'd escaped from Poland from, um, and um, uh, were, were ditch digging and things like that. And when the polder was dry and there was no more need for um, the social work in that area, uh, my parents decided that they would go further afield rather than shifting just a short distance. So in 1953, we immigrated to New Zealand and um, spent two years in Wanganui at the Quaker uh, boarding school that was there in those days. And before I moved, we, as a family, we moved to Christchurch and I had my whole Christchurch area there. And so, as, as you've probably understood, if you're working with German Jewish boys, at that stage, you already got a high um, social conscience. And, and that sort of pervaded the family right through. I remember that quite well. Yeah. How did they spend their, what happened after Wanganui? They, they moved to Christchurch? Yes, yes. Uh, we moved to Christchurch and my father was working as a, a crop research um, in DSIR in Lincoln and, and then later on as a technician at the uh, uni uh, university's microbiology department um, and my mother was a teacher and so during my high school years I had cello lessons, private lessons and um, towards the end of the time I would cycle during school time, cycle right across from Kashmir High School uh, on the Kashmir Hills uh, right across to Papua Nui to have cello lessons during school time which to me still surprised me today that they would let me do that. But that's what they did. And um, well, that was a big break for you in a way, wasn't it? Oh, could... yeah. Yeah. And I didn't do any sort of music exams or anything like that, but I did um, join the Chrysler School of Instrumental Music's uh, number one orchestra. And that, that naturally led to being able to, uh, to teach the cello there for, for some of their classes. And that way, I also got to know Roger Buckton, um, who was teaching flute there and who was a, a teacher at, at um, Rangiora High School. And in my teacher's college year, he um, um, moved to become a Targo District Music Advisor in Dunedin. And towards the end of that year, um, he... Um, uh, uh, brought a, a, a carload of dignitaries to, uh, to Christchurch to go have a look at how the Christchurch School of Instrumental Music was functioning, and which I helped host. And um, then the following year, um, I um, 
got a job at Milton at Tokamira High School, where I've been for four, I was for four years, and helped Roger uh, in the setting up of the um, Otago, um, what was it called? Uh, Otago Edu Education Board, second, um, Saturday morning music classes, Otago Education Board, Saturday morning music classes, which was um, established in 1968 and has been going ever since in various guises. Okay, we might have a, a, sh a piece of music, probably Renaissance music or medieval music to go with some of your later activities in music. Good. community most of your often your work in the communities involved music hasn't it yeah yes uh, give me some examples yes after well i i mentioned the teaching the cello at um Croatia school of instrumental music which went right through my university career um i was as a family we were highly involved in quaker activities and at, at the end of my teacher's college year the, I went to a summer gathering uh, of of the Quakers, where we put on a um, a play play uh, musical play, uh, Noyes Flood, uh, by Benjamin Britten. And for that, um, I helped sit, sort out the orchestra, did the orchestra music, um, wrote all the parts for all the players, uh, and um, still boggle at the th 
thought mind boggles at the thought of how involved we were, but we got that across. Then when I went teaching at Milton, um, I wanted to set up an orchestra at Milton and I had some brass pupils who were playing or learning at the local brass band. And the day before we started orchestra, um, the, um, the, the manager of, of the brass band um, told the kids that they weren't allowed to bring their instruments to school. So I went to see the manager and um, that night and, and the next day the, the boys were allowed to bring their instruments to school and I was conductor of the Milton Brass Band. <laughs> and I did that for the four years that I was in Milton. Um, we, then I moved to, uh, and, and this is while we're setting up, while we're having setting my music classes in Dunedin at that time as well. Uh, early on in, in my teaching career, I also um, conducted some opera shows for uh, the Dunedin Opera Company. And, and the ones that stand out for me now is Amal of the Night Visitors and the Gypsy Baron. We had holiday orchestra courses um, that Roger, as music advisor, set, set up and I was highly involved in. Um, as time went on, I was. Um, we also started the Secondary School Music Festival at, at that time, and I was highly involved in the management of that and sorting of the music and participating in the actual festivals. I played in the, the Needham Civic Orchestra for about 20 years at that stage and um, was a, a, a man manager of stage manager for a lot of that time as well. Then after at after I retired from Bayfield for about eight years, I um, conducted two concerts a year with the Central Targa Regional Orchestra. So there's been quite a variety. <laughs> I was quite taken with the idea that um, Brenton did a, uh, Benjamin Brenton did a, a play or a concert on Noah's Flood. Um, yeah. With you know, you could think about doing that again for climate change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a thought. Yeah. Be appropriate. Yeah. It's quite funny. I actually um, had um, um, come across some photos of that event, and I was surprised at how, how many uh, interesting Dunedin people were involved in that. Um, Philip Smithles, who, who, whose name is attached to the Smithles Gymnasium, uh, played, uh, sound, played the, vo the voice of, of God. Um, <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, and I forget the other, oh, I can't quite remember now who the others were. But, um, yes, I didn't prepare that very well. But, um, yeah, so there was quite a few people who were known in Dunedin, we were there at that time. Was it a fun play? Was, uh, it, it, was it a play or a piece of music? It, it was. It was a, a lot of songs and, and story uh, put together, and um, we enacted it. And I, I don't know who actually did the the the, the acting side of it, organised that, but I organised all the musical side of it. It sounds like fun and very. Uh instructive yeah it was uh, and uh, 
very intense sort of time of putting it together. What are some of the things that give you satisfaction with your career in music over the years? Um, the, 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 just being able to enjoy making music was one of the main ones, really. And, and that, that's from a, a both a, a encouraging other people point of view and from my own participation point of view. But um, being able to, uh, to provide the opportunities for others to participate uh, was, was, is a strong uh, satisfaction feel. And then uh, the secondary school music festival has showed me that, you know, it's one of the few activities where people of all different ages can come in together and do things together and really uh, make a satisfying uh, effect and whole. Um, and then, of course, there's always the, the, the joy of seeing uh, kids progress uh, by mastering another school and, and doing a good job with it and getting satisfaction from it. That's one of the interesting things about Saturday morning is because you've got quite a mix of, of people that participate from people Jenny Green's age or my partner's age. And <laughs> basically, because they want to keep their hand in it and they find it relaxing and enjoyable to people that are just starting their careers in music and may have quite serious intentions in that regard. Now, That's one of the things that. Um, is 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 um coming more prominent in Saturday morning music classes that there are a lot more adults taking it up now who really felt that they wanted to and, and never had the opportunity before so there is a, a great mix of people at, at at the saturday morning classes now how does that work for the younger people is that you think it's good for the young students oh yeah i think so yeah it's as they see others having a go and and they're they're working out to, to improve themselves and seeing the others striving with that as well. That's good. Are there young people who come in young and have already made their mark in music or you think may well? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I mean, and the, the, I've got, I've just sort of thought about it. I've got a few people and mostly from the earlier days, but, for example, Bridget Douglas is now principal flute at, in, in NZ Symphony Orchestra, and she came through Saturday morning music classes. David Angus is started on the recorder at, at our Macandra Intermediate Centre um, when uh, and the 1969 program is listed as a recorder pupil, and he's been in the NZSO for, uh, for a long, long time, and he's now principal um, uh, contrabassoon player. Uh, Peter Adams was involved in the early days, and he's now professor of music at Otago. Stephen Cranefield was um, is principal clarinet for the New Symphony Orchestra, and three or four high school music teachers that I know of uh, have came through the scheme originally. Has this encouraged high schools to take more interest in music too? I mean, it's quite a it's Logan Park and Bayfield. It, their music departments are fairly important, aren't they, to the students? Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it's hard to tell now how, how much uh, it is, um, how much Saturday morning music classes affected them. 
but but it is always good to to have confident musicians coming through at the high school level who've already started before and and significant contributions being made that way i think what's over the last decade what's been the trend of people taking up an interest in music classical and otherwise <clears throat> I, I i think um at the early stage the second uh, of of certainly one music class, um the younger younger kids are really brought on because of of the wishes of of the parents uh, to make the effort to to get the the kids there and um uh, uh, as as we've grown through uh, recorders used to be all the all the rage first of all and guitars came in a lot later, but now guitars are very significant in the number of people learning at Saturday morning classes. And uh, you can see that come through later on in the secondary schools as well. Um, otherwise, it's surprising how, how similar the numbers of enrollments are each year. And um, so there's... Still good, there's still good shape, heart to have these people coming through. Is there, how expensive is it for, for young people, if, if, for instance, you don't have a high income, for, for both the use of the instruments and the classes? Um, <clears throat> well, the classes were all set up specifically so that, that you could um, have. Um, uh, uh, cheap lessons, uh, and uh, the Ministry of Education uh, have regulations that say that uh, you can't charge fees for the actual lessons because the the ministry funds the actual lesson times. And um, but we've we've had to ask for voluntary contributions to go with that um, because we we decided not to. Uh, limit ourselves to the teachers, uh, to the number of, of hours that um, they give us, but we go to the number of hours that the teach uh, that the pupil have asked for, uh, and that the regulations would uh, set up into classes. So we trying to do better than what the Ministry of Education provides, and to do that we have to ask for a wee bit of extra, but. Um, it is, it is an activity which has been set up to be, be cheap. We um, apply for grants for instruments and we charge a small fee for instrument hire. But again, um, we make it so that the, the teachers can, uh, the students can um, have, families can afford to, to pay them. Well, I'm gonna give us another music break. And we'll be back in a few seconds.
We're talking with Art Brusa, winner of, who was awarded the Queen Service Medal for 2022, 2022, and talking about the music, Saturday morning music and other um, ways music has helped our community, really, built community. And you can uh, podcast us by going to oar.org.nz and then going to podcast and then going to community or chaos. Well, Art, uh, how has technology affected music? Well, well um, technology has really um, provided a, a lot more opportunities and um, it makes it much more difficult as a teacher to coordinate activities with all together because uh, children are much more uh, facile and um, and, um, and know a lot more about their their music that they want and they like and they hear it much more easily than they used than we used to in the olden days. Um, but with that. Um, I use it for um, arranging music, and it, that speeds it up a lot. From rather than writing by hand, you you can put the notes on the computer, and I also use it a lot for backing tracks and um, letting the kids hear um, what other people are capable of doing with that, and that is quite satisfying for playing along, and um, it also is provided, of course a lot more creative outlets for the children in um, making up their own music. How do you see the future of music, particularly classical music? Um, I, th I think that's, to me, it's really a building a love of the, of, of the instruments. And... Um, I'm not sure how much technology helps with that, apart from the fact that they hear a lot more music. So um, uh, history has shown that, that classical music survives and, um, and the, the good people seem to keep on coming through, but um, music, uh, um, I think that the children today, because of all this technology, uh, expect more instant success. And so it's very hard uh, to encourage them um, to do their actual practice, which is obviously needed to, to make, make a good skill progress in, in the skills of playing. Is it important that parents um, encourage their kids to practice? This, when you're playing an instrument, I don't, I'm not a musician, to be honest. Is it important to reach a certain level where you're, you're, you're easy with your instrument? Are you more likely to continue when you reach that level? Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's, you, you've got to get over the first couple of years when 
when it really is practice and and the fact that you can get one or two notes right is a good good thing but then once you start being able to play melodies um that are satisfying to yourself as well as the people around you then it's it becomes much more satisfying. How do you do? How do you encourage people to? I mean, it must be easy to start. You first, you know, pick up a recorder or a, or a um, a string instrument. Yeah, more and, probably, but, yeah. but then you've got you realize that. Uh, the music coming out of there doesn't sound maybe like you'd hoped until you've been doing it for a while. So how do you how do you encourage people to to continue until they reach that place? I, I think you, you really encourage them to to listen and 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 teach their listening uh, skills so that that they can actually hear that they're doing a good job or not. And that they can can improve uh, their physical skills to get to that stage where they get the better sound. So listening is actually a, an important part. Oh yeah, to listen to music and enjoy yourself if you're going to play it. Yes, yes, and then backing tracks work well with with you um, joining in with them. Um, to, to do whole complete pieces. Do most musicians grow up in homes where there is music? I think you have to have a, a home support, particularly in, at the younger stages. And um, so I've probably, uh, the answer obviously is yes, um, the, the parents, and 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 friends around the place do have to encourage you. Are you in any way surprised at the continued um, enrollment of, of young people? Uh, no, I, I sort of um, take what comes really, um, but. And um, I, the the enrollments have been very steady over the over the years, and um, it's quite satisfying to see the the numbers keeping up. But um, so no, I haven't really been surprised. I've just been pleased. How has COVID affected Saturday morning music? Well, in general, it's it's. It's conducive to working at home, and um, so the the um, the first lockdown was very hard for us as teachers because um, it's very um, it's very hard to teach via Zoom uh, or any sort of um, act, um, pro product like that because there was always a time delay. So one of the joys of teaching is to being able to play with the students and, and encourage them while playing, so with them. But in Zoom, 
and there's always a time delay between the the children playing and and you responding to that so you can't play together very well you have to play one after each other and it sort of makes it a lot more difficult um but we've managed to survive uh, and um keep the encouragement going and and um we managed to, years ago we managed to put on our annual demonstration concert still uh, although it was a lot later uh, and um which is really a high point in our teaching but unfortunately last year um we had to postpone the demonstration concert twice and not have it at all because we couldn't have a performance opportunity with the number of people that we had to have to make it um, sensible to have it so we are at the end of the year we just had to have um children playing to each other uh, in in the classroom and, and um, orchestra situations um, rather than having parents coming in. So it has affected it quite badly, um, but it's managed to survive. And and this year we, we are really uh, struggling to come to a decision about how we're going to start and when we're going to start with the red um, red. Um, level up at the moment um so yeah things are a bit difficult but we are uh, continu continuing with our enrollments on saturday morning the, the 12th of february at um between and uh, 9 and 11 at both george street normal school and bathgate park school where they can enroll um for <clears throat> Uh, any of the centres that we're teaching at. And um, the week after that, we sort our classes and we will set it up as though we can go ahead. And then we've got to work through the problem situation with the, the way the ministry guidelines for um, for, for um, Red's uh, setting is, is not very helpful to music. Um, we have to, as all the children's school we have to um, teach with masks and that doesn't work that well with music particularly um, singing and and wind instruments so we have to come to some sort of solution to that which we're still working through at the moment do you have the sense that a lot of the participants have kept up their practice at home to a high degree? Um, well, the holiday, holiday period is, is not usually a, a high level of practice, but I think the, the kids are, are getting back into that sort of thing now. And um, hopefully uh, we, we can survive this, this glitch and see where we're going. What are the musical instruments you've enjoyed most yourself in play? Well, I, I came to, um, in, in, while we're still in Holland, as a family, we played the recorder. And um, that's been a, a backstop for me all the time. And then while in Wanganui for the two years, second year, I started the cello. And um, so those have been my main instruments. I did cello right through university, uh, at, at university. And um, then I did enjoy playing in the 
Dunedin Civic Orchestra um, um, for for about twenty years. At high school, I also um, and at university, I also sang in the Royal Christchurch Musical Society Choir, uh, which was um, uh, really a kingpin in keeping me in in Christchurch rather than going to Lincoln. And um, then um, I and Christchurch, I had. I went, attended um, the um, Christ, Christchurch Orchestral Society and um, did, played in um, high school orchestras. Um, then um, I, I, at Milton Brass Band days, I, I thought I'd better learn something about brass instruments. So, uh, I thought the easiest instrument to learn in the brass band context would be the tenor horn, which is sort of the mouthpiece, which is um, not too big and not too small. And I reckon I got up to about grade five playing level uh, fairly quickly with that. And at the same time, <laughs> I um, enjoyed um, at, um, in Dunedin, um, the, the King Edward Technical College still had um, a Friday night orchestra and I played the viola in there uh, as because they were in need of viola, violas and that was fun to do that and um, then at, at high school sometimes I had to um, um, I decided that I needed to understand how to play the trombone, so I played that as well. That's the only instrument that is different in the brass instruments in the way you blow it. Uh, well, you, you blow it the same way, but instead of using three valves, you have to slide your trombone and to learn how to put them into positions. So that was um, a fun sort of thing to do. And since retirement, I, I've thought that I couldn't get back to the technical ability I had on the cello when I was at university and was interested in, in the bass viol as um, an early music sort of situation. And um, when I first retired, uh, the Sioux Court was at the university in Dunedin here, interested in early music, and she encouraged me to pick up the bass viol, which was at university. And so I started off on that. Uh, and then um, going, learning that by myself and then going on, um, Roger Backton, uh, who we talked about as standing up quite early on, uh, it, it being an important part of music in Dunedin as a Tiger District Music Advisor, um, he, he also plays the viol, but he's in Christchurch and he had a wee group in Christchurch um, that um, they played renaissance music together and um they rang me up once and um, while i was doing the university bass file and said would you like to borrow a bass file from our, of ours and so um, we i managed to get one bass file that i could practice at home and um soon i was coming going up to christchurch every now and again to join in with the christchurch people and we had a trio developed here uh, with Donald Moorhead and, and Joe Fielding um, 
where we play um, Renaissance viol music uh, quite regularly. I've also um, played um, the viol. It uh, took, took uh, interest of people to to learn on the viols that the university has has two trebles, uh, a tenor and and a bass viol, and so I've encouraged on Thursday afternoons that um, anybody who would who would like to uh, participate in Renaissance music, we can do that there, um, and use the university viols, and uh, soon after. Uh, I got involved in the vials. I got involved with, with Rare Birds, and that's an early uh, music group which run by Jonathan Quirth and on recorders, and has Alan Edwards on the spinet and um, Simone on the nickel harper. And we are a broken consort, and, and we perform uh, every now and again. Um, after our regular practices and when, as demands. And so I've really enjoyed uh, actually being told what to do for a change rather than telling other people what to do uh, in the Rare Birds group. And I also play in the, the Rare Birds recorder group, which is just four recorder players. Uh, and so those have been the real fun things that I've been doing lately. Rare Birds is quite fun because I've, I've I've been to a couple of occasions with Trisha uh, to listen to them and you often dress up in medieval costume yeah some kind of uh, sense of what it might have been like to play music in the Renaissance yes yes um, um, Jonathan Quirth is is quite creative in, in what he does and He's he's written um, three or four puppet shows, which uh, have have um, had Renaissance music added to it, which was provided by the Rare Birds. And he's also written um, a couple of uh, masks, which were more extended pieces, uh, where for um, um, the Rare Birds type group and. Rare bird singers also involved in that, and um, they've all been a lot, lot of fun. Would you consider that uh, playing a musical instrument is actually quite good for people's mental health and enjoyment of life, particularly in times where there's a unpredictable and a certain amount of crisis in the air. Yes, that's very much so. I, I actually still, on, a, on Mondays, I, I go to Warrington, Warrington School to teach um, some children um, violin or recorder or, or, or flute or clarinet. And um, then I go on to East Otago High School and they've supported a, a wee community orchestra there as well. And we've got about 10 or 12 um, most, well, they're all ladies, actually, um, who uh, really enjoy the music. And it's um, we, we meet once a week uh, during term time at the school. And they've, they're all at different levels of, of musical ability but they've, and picked it up reasonably late. But 
it, it's become a really uh, enjoyable sort of thing to do and it's a fun thing to do and at the same time it's satisfying that they have developing their skills and, and making nice music together but also very much a social occasion so it's been very heartening to do that and uh, hopefully that continues this year as well I understand that you go to other parts of Otago to encourage music and uh, something like Saturday morning music and other music classes. Well, um, we have, um, and we support uh, uh, two teachers uh, with a class each in, in Alexandra and another teacher with um, three hours at, in Cromwell. And um, they are, they they are part of our Saturday morning music class scheme and to encourage their participation in, in performance activities um once a year i try and go up with our community orchestra the most advanced group at george street and we have a demonstration concert um in, in lately in the cromwell college auditorium on a sunday afternoon where we invite the the children to play their their pieces uh, we invite um any other sort of central target groups that work together and members of the central target regional orchestra to join with the community orchestra and and we have a, a whole nice concert together with um the children joining in together with the the final item which is similar to what happens in the town hall in dunedin and um it's get feedback that's really uh, it's a very um enjoyable and and um encouraging sort of activity for us to do music's really um in Dedeen, we, we have quite a a pool of talent in Dedeen, don't we for music yeah and it's a strong tradition in that too you know um things change but um when i first came here um king king Edward tech still had there were still stories about the the musical quality of king Edward tech and how many people had uh, been on the staff there and later became uh highly influential influential in music in other places and um, the professor of music in perth was from there professor of music in in christchurch was there uh, a national music advisor uh, was there and uh, the professor of music in in otago was highly involved with that too and that sort of um musical tradition has kept going through through time and um orchestral music has kept on on growing and and doing well so um, well thanks a lot for uh coming on board and you certainly deserve the queen service medal and let's hope that music continues and provides us a, a sense of constructiveness peace and hope and enjoyment in our larger community in the coming times thanks a lot art thanks marvin good our Bruta, the winner of the Queen Service Medal, richly deserved.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.